continuing in a series of Thursday homilies on the life and the work and the journey of Abram and Sarai, titled, Blessed to be a Blessing. We come now to the 15th chapter of Genesis, beginning with the first verse. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You've given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to count them. Then he said, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. The word of the Lord. Holy God, once again, we've gathered here seeking a word from you. Be gracious to our seeking, we pray. In the name of the word made flesh, amen. Everyone in the chapel is waiting upon something. Some are waiting to see what will happen with a relationship or a child who makes them anxious. Others are waiting to see if they will get out of here and find a job that is truly fulfilling. Others are waiting upon a critical issue with their health, or far worse, the health of someone they love. Waiting upon God is perhaps the hardest kind of waiting that we do. We have been claimed by some promise from Scripture taken hold of our lives. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. The one who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. Or go to a land that I will show you and I will make you a blessing. These promises cling to us whether we realize it or not, most every decision a believer makes is made based on how close it gets you to this promise. It's why you get up in the morning and face another difficult day, because you believe that a good work is still going to unfold, that God is not done. We do not know how long it has been now since Abram and Sarai packed up their life in Haran and began the journey of faith towards God's promise of a child, a land, a future in which they would be a blessing. But apparently it's been too long for Abram. Because the Lord comes to him in a dream, a vision, and says, do not be afraid, Abram. Don't fear for your future. This is the third time that Abram has received this promise. Three times, three promises, no baby. 
It's kind of like continuing to come to church week after week, hearing and singing about the great faithfulness of God, and still you wait to see it unfold. Well, notice this time Abram doesn't say thanks for the reminder, I needed that. <laughs> no, he argues with God and says, oh Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless. Get realistic, God. It's hard to keep hoping because the hope has become painful now. We tend to have sentimental notions of hope. We think hope is the thing that makes everything else better. We think that hope is an easy thing to carry, that makes our steps lighter. It's hope when it's in something worthwhile, hope when it's in the promises of God can at times become a great burden. Be clear about that. Hope can be heavy to carry because you will at times have to face the contradictions between the promise and how it certainly seems to be. Get realistic. You know that hope has become too painful when you find yourself saying things like, well, I used to yearn for a calling, but now I'd settle for some way to pay my student loans. Or I used to yearn for intimacy, but now I'll settle for anything that will numb the loneliness. Or I used to work towards the beloved community the dream is just, it's just taking too long. You might as well say to God, it's time to get realistic. And notice how God responds to Abram. There's no comforting or conjoling. God certainly doesn't look at the calendar and say, whoa, you're right, I gotta get hurrying with this baby thing. <laughs> no, God takes Abram outside. It says, look up towards heaven. That's what it takes when you find yourself weary of waiting, especially waiting upon God. Don't look at the world's vision of what's realistic. Don't look at the probable or even the possible. You have got to train your eyes to look up. You've got to look towards heaven. I can't tell you how many times I've completed a worship service that I have led and which I've preached, and then at the conclusion of the service, I'll be standing at the door greeting people as they are leaving, and someone will shake my hand and say, wow, that was a wonderful service of worship. Now it's back to reality. And I want to take this person by the lapels, <laughs> shake them and say, don't you realize that you've just done the most real thing you're going to do all week? You looked up into heaven. You looked past the stars. You looked and got a vision of God who creates reality. You stood beneath heaven. Now you saw a dream, a promise, a vision for how it will be. Now you're going out into a world full of pretense and false realities. But I don't do that. I find it scares people. <laughs> <laughs> I just shake their hands and chuckle. <laughs> Look towards heaven and count the stars. If you're able to count them, so shall your descendants be. 
look towards heaven. When you find yourself waiting, all that you're given is the reaffirmation of the promises from God and a choice. If you want to, you can choose to settle in to a comfortable despair and say, the hoping hurts too much, I'm just gonna find as much comfort as I can along a world that has been forgotten by God. Or, you can always choose to keep moving towards the dream, the promise. Just move another day towards it. What you can't do is avoid the waiting. But waiting is not wasting time. Waiting is when we make this incredibly important choice that shapes and molds our souls. It's only those who wait upon the Lord that develop souls with gravitas to them, weightiness to them, souls that become attractive to others, souls that have learned how to make the right choices on the long periods of waiting and through the valley of discouragement. When we wait, it does not break us. It reveals us. And maybe even God is waiting to see what is revealed in our souls while we wait for the coming of the promise. Remember, Abram's blessing wasn't just to have a child, it was to bless the families of the earth. You can't bless anybody if you stop believing. Maybe the world around the houses of worship have stopped believing, but let them at least believe that we believe. Can they at least be certain that the churches, the temples, the synagogues, these are houses of belief of people who have this great vision and they're working for it, they're striving for it, they're moving another day towards it. It hasn't come yet, but they've devoted their lives to this. Do they at least believe that we believe? The text concludes by saying, Abram believed, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. This is the first time the word righteousness is used in the Bible. And isn't it striking that it refers not to the law or to moral codes or to thin-lipped piety, but to expectancy, to hope, to looking towards heaven and choosing to believe and to continuing on in the journey. Righteousness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.